You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Nick Gross. Yeehaw. So, Nick, tell me a little bit about yourself and what do you do professionally? Well, professionally, I work a warehouse gig, but not professionally. And as my hobby and passion, I do uh, a podcast. Oh, my, a podcast. Okay, so what, what type of warehouse work do you do? Do you just like stock boxes and stuff? Because I talked to a couple people that work in a warehouse and uh, different variations of it where it's like the logistics aspect to it where you're kind of counting everything or just the forklift driver who's listening to podcasts when he should be working. I am a forklift driver, but we're not allowed to listen to podcasts. What do you so. mean you're not allowed to listen to podcasts? What else are you supposed to do on a forklift besides forklift? That's it, man. Forklift. Talk to your coworkers, I guess. We're not allowed to have any audio on the I, floor. Do you ever just do dumb shit behind the forklift? Absolutely. Give me an example. You know, like trying to do, you know, racing. We've definitely raced forklifts before just to, just to see who's faster. I mean, obviously, like, some of them are just faster than others, but we've definitely raced for fun. Do you ever just try and pick people up with it like a claw machine? Oh, fuck no end up killing somebody really you can kill yeah. somebody that way i would figure if you got it like right behind their vest or something and just pick them up oh yeah I'd shank them and and kill them and then get a manslaughter charge that's exactly what i need in my life it it just you know adds something else to the resume so man tell me so with this warehouse job now have you ever had a slip up like what's the hardest kind of part about it i mean because I get behind a forklift, I've done it once, and it was not fun. It was just too many stuff, and I ended up wanting to drive it around like a NASCAR the whole time. I mean, it's not too hard to drive a forklift. It's just kind of like a car, but it turns tighter. But no, I mean, you know, never had any crazy issues with it. Now, you do the podcast on the side, so tell me a little bit about your podcast and how did it even come about? Well, I uh, I play video games as a hobby, so I figured I might as well – talk about video games as a hobby and then i made this podcast my well, not your podcast i made my podcast so you have the level die podcast so what do you guys yes, talk, what do you guys try and focus on they just play video games and then kind of talk about them and all this type of stuff because you guys talk about movies and other things too yeah we uh it's sort of a multimedia i talk about movies games anime uh anything i feel like really so so what's your favorite video game Oh, shit. Such a difficult question. I would say probably Metal Gear Solid 3. Okay, now is it because of the action genre of it? What are you doing, Pilates in the background? I'm trying to grab my drink, yeah. Basically Pilates. So, okay, so what, are you an MMO fan? Or are you an action fan? I find, like, with me, I like playing role games, like role-playing. I love to play Lost Skyrim or something. Just yeah. One of the very fir first few games I played was Assassin's Creed. And that was just like watching my brother play it, basically. But I mean, besides like the Sega and all that, those types, you know, really when I got into video games, when I learned about Assassin's Creed, I was always fascinated with the alternative history behind it a little bit. Maybe kind of research a little bit more into Leonardo da Vinci and all these other types of uh, ancient historical things. 
Yeah, I think that was one of the cool things with Assassin's Creed for sure. The uh, the alternate history. Um, I fuck. I played quite a bit of Assassin's Creed back when it was actually the, one of the. Uh, there was two games I bought for my 360 when I first got it. One of them was Assassin's Creed One. So Assassin's Creed One was definitely important to my formative years. I'm telling you, the only bad part about the Xbox back in the day was that three ring of death, man. I'm telling you, once you got that, it was like life was over. Yeah, it was, especially when you're like. 14 and you definitely can't afford to get a new one back when you didn't need to eat you just played games constantly and then we just wake or you just kind of like be in the middle of a game break go to the bathroom be like i just realized i'm starving right now and your dad's just like because you haven't ate in three days yeah those are the good times now i gotta fucking shovel it in every two hours or i'll pass out <laughs> so i mean now when you talk about video games what do you try and focus on you just try and play a video game do you try and give feedback on a new one or do you just kind of bring up old lost ones because i've talked to people that do retro podcast video games such as my buddy kyle and i know a couple of people that talk about like uh the, the game of holics they're called um, it's kyler saunders and jay warner they uh do this podcast where they drink a beer each episode but they narrow down a review on a video game so I guess I think like the description that I would use for my podcast is just drunken conversations about games. So, I mean, I'm drinking right now. I mean, if I'm going to do a podcast, I'm drinking. So we, you know, I like to get drunk and then talk about games that I like, you know, not really review it. I'm definitely going to give my opinion on it, but I'm not like giving it a score or anything like that. I usually I'll bring in a friend or something and we'll just bullshit about games for two hours. What types of things do you bullshit about though? Well, I mean, it uh, depends on the game. Like uh, for the Metal Gear Solid Five one that I did, we ta I talked about how much I hated it for three hours. So you know, like we, I uh, I've played a lot of video games. I mean, I I do it every day. So I you know can talk about gameplay, music, sound design, writing, um, just kind of lightly touch every topic that goes into building a game and harp on it or or praise it depending on the game that's interesting because you know back in the day like video games were seen as like a childish thing to do and now it feels like everybody's playing video games now or everybody's doing a podcast on video games yeah i mean it was uh it came with uh big bang theory that's when it all changed that's when being a nerd became cool that's when it was totally acceptable in the uh in modern society to do that kind of thing as a hobby once big bang theory came out it went from living like larry to living like sheldon that's right and we need to go back a little bit i think once technology became so kind of i guess comfortable for us we use it like way too much now to the point where, like there's not even a point in going outside anymore i mean like i love virtual reality it's that that, that whole game system like that's what i'll play like i like the wii a little bit better than the xbox even though i mainly play my xbox but dude i used to be so addicted to it back in the day that now when i play it i can only turn it on for like 20 minutes and i just get bored especially when you go and play online i mean online's like you get maybe a couple games of that and then like if you're talking to people you end up just going down a rabbit hole like reddit fair enough i've always been a like able to binge i guess it kind of depends on my mood i mean if i've got the hours i can definitely sit and play any game all day you know online offline but nowadays i'm kind of the same way because i work so much so i you know I'll turn a game on for a few hours and then that's that you know or, or like an hour 
And time flies pretty quick when you play video games. Like I remember I played World of Warcraft like on my day off. Next thing I know, it went from morning to night with like just not even a glance, man. I swear the time just flew by. Oh yeah, my best friend, uh, he got into uh, WoW Classic right when it was coming out and he killed an entire weekend on it. Like that, absolutely nonstop. That shit was so ridiculous because everyone was like, wow, classic. And I was like, what's your waiting queue? Cause I was just playing the normal one. I was like, I don't really care about classic that much. I'll wait till later to play it. Everyone was in a queue. There was over like 750,000 people. Like my buddy was 750,602nd, I think in line for getting into the server i was like dude why don't you just play like the normal version and he's just like no i'm gonna wait so he waited like a day and a half to get in i was like dude that's terrible just all these people wanting to go on the old classic servers let's really shows you how impactful some old classic games are absolutely i think uh the dude i mentioned before waited like two days like he just left his laptop on with the queue in and he just waited and he's like i should be in by the time my weekend starts and I was like, Jesus Christ, bro. Like, yeah, exactly what you said. Why don't you just play the original game? He's like, no, I want to play classic. <laughs> it's like, that's what I'm here for, baby. It's like, but you want to wait two days to play it? It's like when you get so, a yeah. pre-order, you still have to wait till that game comes out. You know, I swear the kids nowadays, now that you can download like off your Xbox or off your PlayStation, are never going to know the struggle of going into GameStop, talking to the sketchy person that always wants you to pre-order something, pre-ordering a game, and then waiting till midnight. That was some of the funnest shit back in the day. Oh yeah, I've I've been to uh, one or two midnight releases in my day. That was good times. What's your Especially if you get there early and they like do like that nine o'clock release. Oh my god, dude, that's the best. What's one of your best experiences doing that? I've only done it a couple of times, but I got one when Fallout Four came out. I remember I was waiting in line, and all these people I didn't even think would be there started showing up. Bunch of kids I was in high school with. I was like, oh shit, like. This is getting awkward. It's starting to feel like, you know, some, you know, the crazy shit we used to do. Then the doors open up. Dude, this woman couldn't find any of the games. She couldn't find anything. Oh I was like, Whoa. she's like, I, I don't know where they are. To call, call the manager. I'm like, it's midnight. Is he going to be up? And yeah, he probably was playing Xbox. And um, she finally found him in the way back, had to start getting like crates. And then she started asking people to come help pull her all of the games out. I was like, huh are we allowed to do that? I was like, okay, cool. So I started grabbing boxes and, you know, helping her. And then, um, she's like handing out games, handing out discs and stuff. And everyone's like, where's my downloadable content? Where's my pre, like the pre-order stuff. And then there's the one dude with like the gold edition that paid an extra $300 to go get like the actual helmet and stuff. So she has to go look for that. So everyone else is waiting on this guy and we're all just getting pissed. Like, I'm like, I felt like I was at like a football game. Someone's about to start fighting. That is awesome. The old that that's that is fucking great. I can I could definitely see a, a bunch of people uh, about to tear up that GameStop. And the worst part was when you're driving home, you got all the cops. Like it's midnight, so you got all the cops looking for drunk people. Then there's just all these gamers and people that are like like not even caring who's on the road. They're all driving one handed, staring at their game, lightly stroking it while like they're waiting to get it into their Xbox. Getting the smell out of the disc case. Oh my god! Just trying to rip off the plastic perfectly so you don't scratch the game cover. Oh yeah. My uh my best one was probably Modern Warfare Two. Uh, I got the like the ultra edition of that that came with the night vision goggles. So we uh we picked it up and then took it home and me and a bunch of boys like ran around the house in the dark trying to kill each other with the night vision goggles on. It was fucking awesome. It was usually, a good ass day. Usually when I ask people about like GameStop and stuff, they always go, "Oh yeah, it's cool. I I I'd like to work there." 
I don't think anybody would ever want to work at GameStop ever. I've heard so much bad stories about it from people that I know that have gotten a job there that ended up leaving after like two weeks. They're like, oh, you know why they push pre-orders? Because if you don't push pre-orders or if you don't get enough pre-orders in a certain amount of time, the manager schedules you less. Yes, I have heard that. I have a friend who works there. She loves it. She thinks it's great. I mean, she's now, just she, a huge nerd. Is she the manager though? Because I know no. one, I about to say I know one um, that really enjoys it, but she's the manager. She's like, oh, I get to crap out all the hours and do everything. So my job's easy. I'm like, yeah, it feels like if you're working there, it's definitely a toll because you have to sit there and be like, would you like to pre-order this? No, I'd like to just buy the game. All right, cool. But did you know if you pre-order this, you get all this? And they just start going into a rant about like 80 minutes of content. And you're like, bro. I'm buying a hockey game right now and you're telling me to order farm fucking simulator. Like <laughs> I don't want to get into this at all. Yeah. They actually have to, uh, they have homework. They have to take home. Basically. It's like, Hey, this is your script for tomorrow. And, uh, basically put it to memory and they have like classes they have to take like once a week. And it's like, Oh, this is the game we're pushing. This is the content we're pushing. This is the pops that we're pushing try and sell the shirts and like they have, they have, they get updated every week and then every week or every few days they have to take that same type of class to push the new content out. I feel like with how popular video games got nowadays, I feel like it's easier for a kid to get a game that's over his like age limit. You know what I mean? Like when Dude, they I still, thinking, they still ID me. Yeah. But when I was a kid, like I had to convince my grandma like, oh, no, it's not bad at all. It only has 18 and up because there's a little bit of language in there. But that's it. No blood, nothing. It's, it's, there's no sexual content. Next thing I know, I'm plugging in the game. She's watching me for like the first minute. I remember it was Sims. And oh, yeah. first thing I do, just like I do in my everyday life, I took a shit. And next thing you know, it shows like the censored screen. My grandmom sees that and I look at her. I'm like, oh my God, this is the part where she just takes the game out and we have to bring it back. And I'm looking at her and she just starts laughing and walks away. I'm like, all right, cool. So then I was like, all right, I'm in. And you didn't Hell know yeah. crazy shit you could do about that. But that was always anxiety for me. I'm like, how am I going to convince her in the right way for me to get this game? And like, cause I knew I'd bring it up to the person. Do you have your parent on you? And I'm like, oh fuck. Grandma, can you get over here and pay for this? She's like, what's the game about and the dude just starts i'm like eyeing him like dude just low sell it man be cool man be cool be cool <laughs> hey there's just like a cigarette in it that's all you have to do and he's just like well there's extremely harsh language a lot of violence there's a point where he sticks the gun up some dude's dick hole i'm like bro bro yeah not cool definitely uh low key being a dick i mean i remember i wasn't allowed to play grand theft auto uh so i had to like sneak it you know, because that was like the hot button game when I was growing up. I mean, yeah, Grand Theft to, Auto was like <laughs> causing everybody to shoot up schools and shit. All right. That's a load of shit. I wrote a science research paper on that for my psychology class. It was on video games leading into um, kids being violent in their adult years. Now, do you think that's true? Absolutely not. That's what I said. I said, if you are going to shoot up a store or after a video, like I've ran over hookers in GTA and I've never wanted to run over a hooker in my everyday life. It's a thought, but I, I never actually do <laughs> it's it. It's a thought. I mean, I'll see a hooker and I'm like, I could do it. But 
like I said, <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna shoot up a store, you had that intent before you went to play the video game. That just brought that out of you even more, if anything. Absolutely, it, it lets you like sort of uh, live the fantasy, and then you took that fantasy even further, and you committed it in real life. The only time you should ever look to video games causing violence is if like the guy goes into the video game and every day has it loaded up with like a plan that he wrote out and everything on how to shoot up a certain store. And then you're just like, okay, yeah, he was already thinking about this way before. This is totally premeditated. Right. I, I've never once believed. I mean, shit, I've been playing. I was playing Gears of War at like 12 years old, man. I've never thought about chainsawing my roommate in half. So it's like, I just don't see it. I think people are fucked up to begin with and, and video games shouldn't be to blame. But we need to blame something. It used to be music or it used to be movies. Then it was music. Now it's games. And we've still been on games the last like 15 years. So that, that still swaps we'll move over on. to vaping too. Oh, yes. Fuck. People uh, vaping will kill you. There was like what? Like 12 people that died from vaping. But like, I don't know, 60,000 people die a year from, from smoking cigarettes. So and it's the, like, can we really talk about this? The government's pushing it so hard on the same factor that like, it, I, I swear, every time the government's doing some shady shit is when they start, you know, the, the public kind of gets their attention to it. And then eventually, like, they just create some random social or media attention thing that causes everyone to lose track of what the government's doing and start paying attention. Like, we're dealing with the impeachment thing right now going on with Trump. That's all over the news. But I'm like, what's the government? Is anybody looking up what they're doing right now, like, in some other foreign area? I bet they're doing some pretty shady shit. I mean, this oh, yeah, dude. This happened with fucking animal crackers and PETA. I always go back to that because, um, you know, animal crackers used to be behind, like, the cages and stuff. Well, PETA, yeah. PETA fought in, like, 2003, I think, to get those animal crackers, um, the animals behind them, taken out behind the bars. So, like, there's no more bars on your animal crackers anymore. If you go into a store now, they're not behind bars. Huh. And they were going against the government. The government's like doing some shady shit in Iraq. And they're like, we'll give you that so you won't look over here. And Peter ran with it. Like, we beat the government and started throwing parties and shit. I'm like, dude, that was like nothing. Like, the government's doing 20 times worse. So, yeah, dude, the government's dropping bombs on small villages or, you know, suiciding uh, politicians. So it's like, you know, that's the, the perks of the 24-hour news cycle and hyper sensationalism is so that you can you know get people hooked on something it's sensational not, so that you can hide what the shady shit the government's doing it's not even really the government it's people anyway people run the government so that's the problem i mean we, we just appoint some really shady people sadly but i mean when you it's it i get it because i mean how many times you play a video game and you kind of just want to instead of being the goody two shoes you just feel like creating a bad character it's kind of what the government does they just start creating bad people Fair enough. Of course. Of course. It's always fun to do a renegade playthrough or a, a, an evil playthrough in Fable or something. Absolutely. I, do you, okay. So I'm a big fan of Fable. I always try like one of my first character, I feel like for everyone is like what they want to actually be, like who they try and like make themselves look like the most. Like when you played Fallout, you customize them to kind of make them look like you. And then like once you beat the game and you beat it on the first character, you always have that main one. But then your secondary character is like one of those like screw off characters where you just start doing a bunch of crazy shit, give them like a giant goatee and mustache. And then, you know, like you're just killing everybody when you're walking down the street. Right. I, uh, I always do a, uh, a playthrough. I, I was playing um, New Vegas like a few weeks ago, and I did. I usually do a melee-only uh, playthrough of the game, so just punching. And it is absolutely the most fun that you can have in that game because it is not built for it. So you, like, people are shooting at you, and you just have to sprint at them and punch them until they explode. 
It's great. New Vegas is one of my all-time favorites too, because of the fact that like there's um the music in that man. Oh yeah, that's one of the best games that ever incorporates actual music. But it's supposed to be for people that are listening like post-apocalyptic, like you're supposed to survive like this bunch of nuclear bombs and stuff. And all the only music stations that are really good on there, like New Radio, is what they call it. It's um old classics like Sinatra, Ink Spots. I mean, every time I go to a thrift store now, I go in literally looking for vinyl records of the ink spots. I have a giant fallout four poster in my room where ink, I have an ink spots album that most of their songs are on the game and it's pinned right to it. I mean, I bought my buddy, um, when a uh, fallout four came out, they had that song, big iron. Oh yeah. I looked up and I found that exact album, like almost a year later and gave it to him for Christmas. Hell yeah. Big Iron was great. Johnny Guitar was great. I loved uh, when I'd be in the middle of a shootout and Johnny Guitar would start playing. That's really interesting because like the fact that like they brought culture back into, you know, these this new generation. Like a lot of like I was driving around listening to like Sinatra and stuff and my grandmom's like, how do you know who this is? And I'm like, I love all this stuff. Ink spots. I'm, t- I'm telling you. And um, she's like, wow, this is like strange. This is the stuff, the music your grandpa listened to. She started tearing up. I was like, damn, like I had no idea. Like I wouldn't have never known that music was out there if it wasn't for video games. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I mean, I uh, one of the reasons I fell in with EDM so much is like it's just been in games that I played as a kid, like Marble Blast or something, you know? I mean, I mean, I loved the music in Fallout, that, that Rat Pack shit. I mean, it's dynamite. And I loved the aesthetic of that, that music with that game. It just fits so perfectly. I feel like back in the day, there were more warning labels on when you started up a game saying like, hey, like this game causes seizures. If you're prone to excessive lights and whatever noises um, that can cause a seizure, just just a warning, a heads up before you head into the video game. I see so many games nowadays that do not have that label and they have way more lights and blinking sounds. I'm like, did our brain just totally like get used to it? I have no clue. I think it must be like a big publisher thing because, you know, smaller games are games that like maybe, maybe during QA, they didn't have someone who had an issue with it. Like I know there was this, um, so did you ever play portal two? Yeah, man, that game that was like, it basically was like the best sandbox ever. But the fact is you're like stuck in a room and you have to try and figure shit out. I was like, that's a game that made you think. Oh yeah. So in portal two, they had a third goo. Uh, they had like the speed goo. They had the bouncing goo. There was a third goo that if you sprayed it on a wall, you would stick to that wall. And during testing, a bunch of people just like got sick, like physically ill doing that. So they removed it from the game. So I think it's that kind of thing where, you know, someone kind of is like, oh, fuck, there's a lot of like lights. This is actually like a lot. They, they put the warning up. They're like, okay, this is like our stuff is actually causing an issue with some of our testers. See, that's always a big problem when it comes to virtual reality is the fact that people get motion sickness. You can't have it for too long. I remember virtual reality game before it was a virtual reality game. There was this old school karate game that was like a giant like baseball helmet size like goggle thing. You had to put on your head. I remember I was like four years old, five years old, and it was my brother's. So I'd grab it, put on my head, start like punching shit, like trying to like – because you have to like – there's like different – um, what do you call it? Uh, The guy, it was like, it was like eight different people 
on this visor and one would light up at a time, but they would be randomized every single time. And they would have different fighting styles or different fighting positions. Like one swinging a punch at you, the other one's kicking and you have to like block or do something. So really, I guess it just kind of noticed on a head movement, but at the time as a kid, I didn't know that. So I was actually doing everything like trying to block it and like do all this yeah. stuff. And, um, Dude, I fucking tore up his room doing that shit, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. he had, like, trophies everywhere for, like, baseball scholarships and all this stuff. And I'm, like, just running around the room, like, punching and beating the shit. I was standing on a bed. I fell off and hit my head. I that mean, awesome. back in the day, like, video games were just, like, it, it was the best thing because you couldn't go anywhere. Like, you didn't have a car. If you had a bike or something, like, none of my friends lived right down the street, not for a while. So I was just, like, you know trying to find ways to occupy myself. That's where Pokemon came in. I mean, I still play that today. You know, I'll admit I'm 21 years old. I'll still turn on Pokemon. I just did the other day. I mean, it's nostalgia when I play it now. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, that's one of the games, like, when Pokemon Go came out, that revolutionized, like, so much shit. You know, people that you wouldn't even think played Pokemon were out there playing. You get to play with a 60-year-old man, you know. What are you doing? I'm catching a Squirtle. You're like, what the f – how do you know what a Squirtle is? Yeah, I mean, that was also like, oh, God, what are they? Oh, a alternate reality. That was like, uh, that's like something new that's happening now because of Pokemon Go, like interacting with the real world using your phone that like projects images, which I think is like really cool, especially since we use our phones or, you know, like Google smart glasses and stuff like where we might have sort of screens attached to our faces at some point in the future, being able to augment reality and like, play a game like while you're like in a meeting and nobody even knows you're playing a game that'd See, be pretty that, fucking cool that's where it scares me man i'm not a big pro technology guy like my buddy has amazon alexa loaded up in his house and he also no, sir he's like once you know they start developing gene chips and all this stuff that they're talking about doing where it can literally be a chip that's installed to your like brain stem or back of your brain that can literally let you access the internet i'm like that's too far for me because you'll have that brain chip and it it's good intentions of course you know being able to look up things on the internet just by like looking in the back of your head easily accessing information as much as our phone is for us but having it inside of our head all the time so you constantly know answers i know how people are i know how guys are i know if i'm going to be sitting in class instead of looking up the history uh lecture or history notes that she's pulling up on the screen i'm going to be freaking looking at porn or something in the middle of my head like yeah and you're going to fry your brain doing that shit because you're going to be watching porn 24 7 because you can just do it without anybody knowing and then you're gonna, your brain's just going to turn to porn mush that's literally what like what about hacking like anybody oh you would definitely get your brain hacked there was absolutely a, there was a movie with uh bruce willis in it where they had the robot ais and stuff you get to slip into and live like this like whatever alternate lifestyle like a bunch of people sitting at home in like this matrix machine and next thing you know they're walking around using like this ai robot if yeah. you get a bunch of people hacking them and like shooting this gun that fries the whole ai thing and next thing you know it actually kills you in person how long until we're running into actual people just like robots on the street i mean we're gonna if we ever get to the point where there's a chip in the back of your head the first thing someone's gonna do is try and hack that shit because like if you could just hack somebody's brain then you got you got them <laughs> i mean there's nothing else you can they're, they're done i'm never ever putting nothing in my brain like will i get like a robot arm absolutely really you I, want a robot arm dude what happens if uh, you're like 
trying to mess with yourself and next thing you know it gets stuck i'll just i'll get you know i won't i would never use the robot arm to fucking touch myself hey did you see the guy who has a prosthetic arm and he has that robot arm he was developing it on national television he was showing it off and they're like yeah he's like he's like it's got presets and he turns the thing onto like a preset the thing starts going up and down like it's jacking off immediately hell yeah and he's holding it down and then he switches it off he goes oh that was the wrong one i meant to hit this one then it they just completely gloss over it i was like he had that preset in there so that's oh, yeah, a jack off mode yeah like he had that set in there for him to do that to himself that is beautiful dude lube up your fucking uh your robot arm and it just automatically jerks you off that's it, great dude never need a girlfriend if it's doing that it, dude it wasn't passive at all you should have saw how aggressive <laughs> this arm was doing it too the arm was literally like the whole it was on a metal table like one of those ones that seemed like it's a little bit off balance so it's like kind of like you have to shove a coaster under there or it's going to keep wobbling and the arm is slamming up and down like <laughs> i robot when the the robot punches the table and leaves the print into the thing oh my god God. And I'm like, that just doesn't even look comfortable. And I'm just like, think in his head, he's probably thinking like, ah, I like it hard. That's it. Yeah, man. Hey, some people need to, to mash it, dude. I'm, you know, I'm a gentle lover when it comes to my penis, but some people, you know, hey, you gotta treat it like your, own. you gotta treat it like your Xbox controller, man. Like you might want to get pissed off and throw it against the wall sometimes, but a lot of times you gotta realize this is just the brain to the machine. Yeah, I agree. Do I want to throw my controller often? Absolutely. Do I want to punch my penis sometimes? Never, ever. So I get you. I can agree with on that one. But let me tell you something. Now, when it comes to video games and violence, I think the main factor that leads into is when, like, for me, like, my, both my parents worked two jobs doing, like, radio and then DJing at night. So I spent a lot of my time, like, watching myself playing video games. I mean, one of my uh, – on my second season, the uh, first episode uh, – his name's Kelly Silvers. I've known him over Xbox Live for eight years. I've never met him in person. He lives out in Wisconsin, but he's invited me to his wedding. I mean, we're best friends practically over Xbox. I have his Facebook. I have everything. I know exactly what he looks like. We send each other Snapchats all the time, but I've never met him. That was a great way for Xbox to connect, especially like when you know, you're a kid. You're not able to go out when it's like one o'clock in the morning. You know, you don't have a car. You can't use your bike. There's nobody around, you know. You know, your parents aren't going to let you leave the house or whatever. You had friends to connect with on Xbox. I mean, how many nights did you have where you're playing a Call of Duty match or a Halo match? I mean, so every single weekend, I would have at least one friend sleep over, and then me and him would play games. And then over Xbox Live, we would join in with the other two friends of our group, and we would all play video games together. Call of Duty World at War, you know? All, all this zombies, shit, dude. The only reason I bought the new zombies map pack, um, Zombies Chronicles, so I can get the old maps again, dude. I'm just funny. Back when it was the original, not the shit it is now, where they've made it added too many new things. You know, the bad part about Call of Duty is the way they make it is it's got a template, so they know what works, and then they just add other shit onto it. Right. So when they add all this stuff like robotic arms, jetpacks, it starts to not feel fun anymore because people are running up walls and shit. And you're like, what the – I got to do all this now? It, it creates more of um, ADHD, it feels like. like. Too many people can't focus on one thing anymore. Now they got multiple things going on at once. Fair. So you're more of like a boots on the ground Call of Duty player? I'm more like, hey, I like to run up and you know go headstrong every single time where other people like take it too seriously and they like to duck around corners. I'm like, I get it. But, you know, also, I want the game to be over. I don't feel like playing the same match all day long. 
Right. So more of a Call of Duty fan instead of a Battlefield fan because, Jesus Christ, Battlefield matches can take like an hour and a half. Yeah. I'm not, I, I play Battlefield a couple of times, and every time I would just get up into a jet and I'd just fly around and then jump out and just parachute down because it was like the coolest part of the game. Yeah. I can. Yeah. I used to do that shit too. Good times. Absolutely good times. <clears throat> and also I think what's going to be missed is I've talked to – I podcast with people who are like pizza delivery drivers, and I was like, how many kids do you like deliver pizza to anymore? Like I felt like when I was a kid, like every weekend I was at my buddy's house. My dad or mom would give me like 20 bucks for the weekend for like chores that I did around Little the Little Caesars, house. baby. Little Caesars. Hell yeah. Jeez, every little, week. That's, that's crazy. I used to just order Domino's. We didn't have a Little Caesars. We didn't have a Domino's. We had Little Caesars uh, – Pop, Papa's, Papa's Pizza, and then that was it. So I like Little Caesars. See, I would always order Domino's, and I remember like the guy. I had to convince this. Um, one time we're playing a Halo Three ODST, getting the Vidmaster achievement. Oh, we're in this yeah. game for three hours, dude. If anybody knows, like, who's ever tried to get this achievement, it takes like a good four hours to get the actual achievement. You're just in this never-ending like horde game where enemies are coming back at you left and right. And um, we're all taking, like, you know, the piss break. We all got, like, the two liters of Mountain Dew everywhere. We got, you know, pizza and everything. I remember I had to convince the pizza delivery guy to come in because I only had $15 and the pizza was, like, 20 with, like, all the drinks and stuff we ordered. And I was like, man, and I just – I explained to him the situation. I was like, look, man, we're getting the achievement for Vidmaster. And he just looks over, sees the Xbox setup, sees everybody, like, focused in on the game, and he's just like, all right, man. He just took a slice, walk right out the door, didn't even ask for the rest of the money, just like, nope. Good to go. Hell yeah. I mean, that is such a beautiful time. I mean, you are you are literally transporting me back to some of the most beautiful fucking times I spent as a kid right now. I mean, hanging out with the boys every weekend, trying to beat a game or bullshit about something, and there was no worries because school was a piece of cake. You didn't have bills. You didn't have stress. I mean, none of us had girlfriends. We were all fucking losers. And it was just like a bunch of boys hanging out drinking soda, eating pizza, playing games. What just, was your most memorable experience as a kid playing video games? Like just all the friends getting together. Do you remember it exactly? Because for me, I remember I got $20. We skated all the way down to like, I think it was like a mile and a half. Got Slurpees from 7-Eleven. Got a bunch of monsters. Got a bunch of candy. Came back. Then um, his mom was like, hey, I'm headed back out to work. They called me in. Here's another $20. So it was like a bonus round. We're like, oh, shit. Next thing you know, we called pizza later that night. And that was with the Vidmaster achievement, dude. Like, we stayed up till like 4 o'clock in the morning. The next day, we would be dead, like, sleeping all day long until night rolls around. God, I cannot remember, like, the best moment. I mean, there's just, like, so many good little moments. There was never like a pinnacle of this is the one. This is this is the moment of my life that I'm going to remember forever that I spent with my boys. But we had like it was the the fact was was all of our friends were local in town within maybe 15 minutes or a parent driving you over. So we were always hanging out every single weekend and we played games every weekend. We would, you know, we'd buy something new on the Xbox marketplace and we would just install it and play it all fucking six of us in one go uh, and try and beat it in one night. I mean, that was just beautiful times. Yeah, there was no sleep until the game was beaten. Yeah. Well, there was this one time, uh, I was actually senior year, we got, um, we got like a senior day where we got the day off. They were just like, take the day off. You guys are seniors. Fuck it. School sucks, you know? 
And we, instead of doing anything cool or anything uh, exciting, we invited everyone over and we played uh, Mario Party 2 and Monopoly for N64. Damn. For like, for like, for like eight and a half hours. <laughs> like way, way too long to play a game of like Monopoly and uh, Mario Party. That's what we did for our senior day off. And that was a fucking good time. My buddy was like, why don't we actually play Monopoly? I was like, because this involves no cleaning up. Yeah. And nobody can flip the board. Every, like, everything is done. Nobody quits halfway in. This is perfect right now. This is a perfect setup. But, I mean, board games are fun too, man. Like Clue and all this stuff. There's movies coming out now that are on the basis of Clue, like the whole murder mystery idea. Yeah. We used to play uh, – we were big Risk players. Risk? Uh, yeah. Ah, the, uh, it's slipping my mind there. The the world conquering game where you have like the little units and you have to like conquer the world and like each person has like a color and it's like the world map and you're oh, like an shit. army. I don't think I've ever played that one. I remember oh shit, big board games for me were Monopoly and then a Battleship. Battleship's all right if you want like a like a good war game though. I recommend the fact that you've never played Risk or you you don't think you've played Risk. You got to grab two boys and play some Risk. That game is tight as fuck. I think um, I like a lot of strategy games, too. I like them a little bit. Like, I know – all right, so – Like Civ? Yeah, Civ's good. I mean, I was more of a fan. Like, when I played strategy, it was like um, – what do you call it? Uh, End War was really good. Halo Wars was really good. Um, but if I was going to do, like, a computer base, which I kind of did for a little while, I was still more of an Xbox fan. But, um, ah, man, it had Man to and be Conquer? Icarium, dude. I don't even know if you remember that. Ooh, that sounds familiar. It's like an old civilization game, but it was like a free version of like Civs, basically. But the one game I remember all time, and I remember when it became mobile, and I hope you remember this too, RuneScape. Oh, yeah. I, I never played RuneScape, but I do know – I have a friend who literally plays it every day. Uh, he's super into it, and he, and he fucking loves it. I never got into it as a kid. I didn't have um, internet until like 2006. So Dude. I never got into playing RuneScape. My Snapchat memories are all like me playing <laughs> RuneScape, getting level 99 as like a, like now, like around this time. Like I just looked back, I said flashback from a year ago and it was when I got level 99 woodcutting. I was like, oh shit, I remember that. Like, dude, I did the shadiest thing ever. So I actually tried to get RuneScape gold like for the video game through actual paying money. So I went on this site and it was like six ninety nine. I put in my credit card information, which is stupid as shit. Don't do oh, it. Yeah. And um, it said transaction complete. I'm like, where's my gold? And it sent sent me a message to my email. And then I got a a phone call, dude. I swear to what you, the I put fuck? I put in my phone number like an idiot. I put in a bunch of stuff. I was like, oh, you know how when you get an email survey, it's like your phone number and shit. So I was just trying to get to the gold as fast as possible, really, at the end of the trail. And I get a call from an unrest like an unrestricted number, like one of those like ones. It just says unrestricted. Like a hidden, yeah, like a hidden number, yeah. So I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I answer, and it's a Chinese woman that picks up the phone or whatever's on the other end of the phone, and literally goes, "Is this Robbie?" I'm like, "Yeah," and she's like, "And nothing, dead air, nothing." I was like, "What the fuck was that?" Next thing I know, I get an email saying, check your game. Like, it, you have to put in your character profile and everything, like who, you're, like who your RuneScape guy's name is. And um, I, they're like, check your RuneScape. And I said, okay, check my RuneScape. I got a message, 
a secret message at the bottom in blue because it was always highlighted in blue when someone's direct directly messaging you. It said meet at Verrock Bank, like this one bank in the beginning. And I was like, all right, I'll I'll go there. I went there. Some dude comes up, trades with me, trades me the exact amount of gold that I paid for it on my card, and then immediately after the trade's over with, gone off. And then I went to go send him a message like thank you. It said this person cannot be found. Damn. And then they had that is some, you're lucky your or, organs didn't get stolen. That's what dude. I'm That's saying, dude. That was sketchy as fuck, dude. And I did it at like two o'clock in the morning. That's probably why it wasn't a good decision because nothing ever good happens at like one o'clock in the morning. Anything past one o'clock is bad news, dude. Yeah. So I'm checking like my, I'm checking everything. I just put it, it had instructions in the email and everything. I went to go send them a uh, email back, and it was like they, nobody would respond, obviously. But um, I went to call the number back. It was nope, couldn't do that. It was restricted. Couldn't do that. Nope, not happening. So I'm like. All right. So I went to, I wanted to do it again just to get the person on the phone again and ask something or say thank you or something. And I put all the gold in my bank account. I did exactly what the email said. It said, hide it, put it in there, immediately log out, change your whatever information and everything just in case. Cause they apparently go through like a bunch of people in the game that are hired to just do this. Like have a lot of gold and just, just distribute it out like on different accounts, like fake accounts. Uh -huh. Dude, it was the sketchiest shit, man. I thought I did a drug deal in a video game. No, that that sounds like a fucking drug deal, dude. It sounds like you just did a drug deal. That is exactly what the drug deals I used to do as a kid were. Exactly that. But it, it was crazy though, because like I still like if I log into my RuneScape now, I still have all that gold there. I barely even used it. Hell yeah. Well, I mean, fuck worth it then, man. Like the fact that your account didn't get shut down and you didn't get like like your organs stolen or your money stolen at the least like it did get hacked but luckily i switched all my gold to a different account so i just ended up having to like spend 30 minutes trying to remember what my fucking password was i was like oh dude this is where video games suck because when you try and remember your information you put in like they're like here's your security question what was your dog's first name you're like shit fart and next thing you know it's like you don't remember it like a year later you're like what did i oh put? yeah dude i just had to do that for my psn like five days ago and i was trying to like they ask you your date of birth and I was like, okay, I don't ever give my real date of birth. I so I was like, lied because I was too young to play this game at the time. So what exactly, did I put in? right? So I was like, I was doing this, and I was in the call with my boys, and they were like, one of my friends was like, oh, just do the the month and day that you usually do, and then do one year off the normal year that you do. And I was like, fuck, is that is that gonna work? And I did it, and it worked. I was like, you fucking genius. Like, he was like, dude, I used to do that too. Like, just do one year off like, so that you are older. I was like, fucking genius. Like, never would have thought to, like, that my – I would have thought that five years ago that I put one year off. Never would have thought it. <laughs> when I go and so, put it in now, I'm like, oh, I, I like immediately when I get the age thing, I start scrolling down. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm old enough to do all this shit now. So I have to go back to my actual thing, and then there's a slow sigh of depression because I'm like, I'm old. Yeah, it's uh, growing up sucks, man. We just talked about the most beautiful time being a kid like five minutes ago. And now the only time I see my friends is once every two months or for holidays or, you know, we got to drive three hours to see each other because we're all grown up and separate. Everybody moved to college and shit. That's the way it goes. I'm telling you, that's one thing that gets friends together still now is playing games online. Like even when you're older and you're adults, it feels like once you get, you know, to them, <clears throat> you just have too much stress throughout the day. So it's like you want to come home, you want to relax. I mean, this is why video, became, video games became so popular now is because it's a good way to relax without really spending any money. Yeah, it's an escape. And I mean, if you get the right game, you know, or you buy a game for cheap, 
you're getting 12, 20 hours of escape time from your shitty warehouse job and you get to be a fucking superhero or whatever. You know, I think it's a beautiful thing. I think, I think out of the, like, there's three pieces of art right now that I'm like in terms of that are similar to video games, it's books, movies, and there's video games. Video games are the only uh, form of art that require input from the actual viewer. And I think that that's something that people haven't realized yet. I think that video games are art and they're special because you actually have to play them. You don't just watch. You don't just read. The story, you make it up. The moment to moment is all you. So if you had to say one of your kind of like I've heard stories of friends and I know there was a popular online article where a kid talked about his dad that passed away and him and his dad used to play this game together. It was like a racing game. And um, like the it would it would put the front car, the winning lap for whatever that race was. Oh, the ghost car, him beating yeah. his dad's ghost car. I, I read that article. And he slowed down before he beat his dad's ghost car because he realizes that's like the last thing of him playing video games with his dad was. Like that shit brought me to tears, man. Like I'm not easily yeah. brought to tears, but damn, dude, like that hit me. I was like, man, like video games are pretty impactful. Like the only games my parents played were like stuff that they are interested in because they're all into music. They all have bands and stuff even now. And that was it, rock band. As soon as we got it, my dad broke the drum set. That night, it was Christmas night. I'm like, Dad, you want to play rock band? He's like, I'll give it, a, give it a try. I'm like, it's not like your actual drum set, so don't play it. Like don't go nuts. Fucking damn Kiss song comes up. He's in a Kiss tribute band. Next thing I know, the fucking thing snaps in half. He's like, I'll buy another one. I was like, it's Christmas night. I just got this. Haven't even turned, played the drums yet myself. He's like, I'm That's sorry. awesome. That is awesome. Plus the bribery they used to do where it was like, hey, you know. I want you to know, like, if you get on a roll, I'll get you one of your favorite video games. Oh, yeah, man. Being able to, like, save up your money from allowance or, or from doing chores, like doing special shit for your grandma, saving up money and buying your own favorite video game, like something that you've been, like, looking up or somebody that, like, something that somebody talked about and you're like, I have to get that game. I have to get it. My friend has it. I got to get it. And then you, you know, just like those, I mean, I'm not really excited about games anymore. Not really. It just feels like it's the same thing being played over and over and over again. Like, how many times are they going to remake a game? Like, next Call of Duty, next Call of Duty. It's like, I already have the other one that came out last year. Why would I want to go get the other one? Right. I think, actually, I was actually talking about this with my roommate, like, like th a few days ago. And he had, like, and I had this idea, too. And, he, like, we both had this idea. It's like, the, when PS5 and Xbox 2 come out, they need to come out with one Call of Duty, one Call of Duty, and you buy it for 60 bucks. And then every year until the fucking PS5 is dead and the PS6 comes out, they come out with like a $20 expansion for that. And it's like new maps, new story, new gameplay. So you don't have to keep buying a full $60 game. And you get to keep all your old maps. And they just add new guns and they add new shit. And they only make one Call of Duty for the entire length of the PS5. And it's like you just keep funneling in to buy expansions and you just keep getting more guns and more maps and you can play every map all the time. I think that would be uh, fucking beautiful, dude. And I think people would really appreciate it because fuck buying Call of Duty every year. Well, it's like when you, is it just cause like the fact that like when you get a car then the next year, the next year model comes out, you have to get another car. No, why don't we just get upgrades for the car? Yeah. Or I mean, shit, I'm, I'm driving a 2002 truck. I mean, the thing, I'm just going to keep it until it explodes. 
I mean, I'm a guy who I don't like that. You know, I buy one new game a year. I bought Borderlands 3, but I traded in games for it and I got it for $2. So like I'm a, I'm a deal hunter, man. I'm, I'm broke. I'm a poor single guy. So I'm trying to, you know, not buy Call of Duty every year. Uh, yeah, man. I just see. I see it as like another add-on, another downloadable content, and no, uh, you know, keep on, you know, paying type thing. Like when you play a game now, it always says in-app purchases, even if it's free. You're just like, right. Well, how free is it then? And then you get onto it, and you can't literally do anything but just stare at the game. Like it's just showing you, like this is what you can be buying if you spent this much money. Best advice I've ever gotten was keep your uh bank card in your car so when it goes and asks you like to sign in and everything it doesn't have any of your card information on there so it's not two o'clock in the morning i'm not buying like a glow-in-the-dark light for my toilet or i'm not spending 8.99 on gems for fucking dragon city which i still go out to my car to do even if it's 2 a.m that's fair yeah like look at all the fun you could be having if you gave us ten dollars right now it's like fuck dude like i don't want to give you ten dollars this game is supposed to be free i play a free game Typically, I don't spend money on it, and I'll try very hard. There's actually, like, I would say uh, a few mobile games. I think there's, I would say, probably two that I still have on my phone that I have actually spent real money on, and I, it was worth it, man. It was definitely worth it. Yeah, I think a lot of people do that for Clash of Clans, but, like, if you want to talk about one game that even if though a lot of people, like, kind of stopped playing it because it just became, like, kind of old, Pokemon Go, dude. That thing has seven hundred and like ninety thousand downloads, like the first like couple days it came out, and then it oh, got yeah. so dangerous people were driving and playing it, like or uh, or walking in the middle of the street and getting hit by cars, probably it, by people who were playing Pokemon Go at the same time as them. That was probably the first game that ever got updated like two days after release. It was like, oh shit, we got to put a warning message in there not to use it while yeah. driving. We didn't do not drive it. and play this, you idiot. Jesus. Oh, hold on. I got to get this spin on my Pokeball to get the extra capture points while I hit this person with my car. Hang on a second. Yeah. Hang on now. <laughs> Fucking swerving all over the freeway at 60 miles an hour. Jesus Christ. There's a school of blind kids. Look out. You're like, hold on. I'm capturing something. You're like, what hold are you? Hold on. Uh, my Squirtle, dude. I got to get it. I got to get that Pokeball. I got to be the very best. As you're fucking mowing down 50 blind children. Yeah. Beautiful. Walking around with sticks just flying in the air. I just can't stop hitting little boys. Good guy. Um, Yeah. I mean, I never got into Pokemon Go. I just, you know, it was cool. Like, I played it, like, the day it came out. Actually, one of the funny things about that game was when that game came out and how successful it was, the Nintendo stock rised, like, fucking eight points, like, in a night, overnight, which is awesome and then they found out that nintendo has absolutely nothing to do with pokemon go and their stocks went right back to normal like so if you were watching nintendo stock you could have made a pretty fucking penny by like uh gambling on the fact that pokemon go is going to be a success for one day do you think video games are going to become more virtual reality or interactive compared to how fascinating they are? I mean, the fact that like our medical industry and even our military uses virtual reality for training purposes. I don't think so. I actually don't. Like, it would be cool. You still, still think it's going to be like the caveman thing with like the controller? You don't think it's going to evolve into anything else? Well, think about it. The Wii required you to move around physically. And me and you had this conversation just a little earlier. What do you want to do when you come home from work? You want to relax and you want to play a game. Is it relaxing 
having to throw a helmet on, put your gloves on, put your boots on, put your fucking syntax suit on and walk around again for six more hours and like touch people and shit and talk and stuff. I mean, is it, are people going to do it? Absolutely fucking yes. But I, I honestly, right now, I don't think that full VR is ever going to beat being able to sit on your couch with your game on your super high def TV that you bought for fucking football. And you're going to, you're going to play fucking what red dead redemption Two, And it looks gorgeous. And you're like, man, this is fucking amazing. Uh, I just don't think that it's ever going to like, not right now. Maybe, maybe when I'm 60 years old, my, like my, my grandkids will be playing fucking pure VR, but not for at least that long. I would say the farthest thing I think it should go is like we, but with like the goggles on top of it, maybe I don't think it should be completely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's scary to kind of even watch people play. Like if you see them put on the headset and stuff, they're walking around the house, like not knowing, like you have to move all the furniture out of the room and stuff because they'll yeah, you got to have like, like 20 feet of space or something. There's like you a, have to have like there's a, a lot of room. There's a Facebook video of a kid like playing like this boxing game and he's like moving around, but in the game, it's like the, how the Wii was where he just stayed in the same position. Right. So in the game, he's staying in the same position, but in the thing, he's actually moving around and he's like moving near his wall and he turns and someone like, I guess because someone tapped on his shoulder, punched him right in the face. Oh yeah. I mean, that's like, because your brain doesn't separate it from reality. So like you, you're just like, you know, like you were talking about when you were playing that fucking uh, karate game as a kid, like it didn't probably have any input in your body. And yet you're trying to do backflips off your bed trying to dodge this dude's kick you know i wish some fucking ninjas would have broken that room when that shit was happening and fight punched like the game was telling me they were fight punching i would have knocked some motherfuckers that's what i'm saying you know so my dad knew to knock on the my dad knew to knock on the door before he opened up that shit (laughs) hell yeah this kid's throwing kicks and shit i'm gonna shut this This kid's rolling around on the ground like trying to you know fight a snake or something like i'm not getting anywhere near that i'm gonna get kicked in the dick I'm in a fight with a bunch of elderly citizens dropping butterscotch candy everywhere. Hang on, Dad. Start kicking the shit out of everything. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, so I can totally see that. I've seen like uh, when VR was first coming out, there's like a like like a gif online of like a dude doing like a rock climbing game in VR. And he leans forward and he falls face down on the ground because your brain just I don't know, with VR because you're doing all this stuff and like you're it moves with your head like video games they're on a like right now they're on a flat screen so you just you look away and you're looking at your window or you look away and you're looking at your door in vr it's 360 degrees all over it's a sphere so your brain puts you into that your full body you just go in and so people are walking around punching their friends kicking their grandma you know trying to you know jump off their house that kind of shit. Yeah, like when virtual reality came out, they had the uh, the the skywalk thing where you had to like go on a tightrope. Oh, yeah. To walk. So many people were afraid to even do that, knowing that they're in a video game, but it felt so real. Like you right. felt like if you stepped to the left or to the right, you fell off. See, there was a difference when you played Wii and it happened because you still had – you knew you were in your fucking house. This right. It captures your whole vision and your hearing, so it makes you think you're actually doing this, even though you can tell those limbs aren't yours. But the fact is, it's your, your, your perceptions are. Right. I mean, that would scare the shit out of me. I probably would not play that. I, would, I'm, I don't like – I mean, I've jumped out of a plane, but I don't like heights. 
So if I'm playing some fucking tightrope game where I'm over a cliff, like that's probably going to, I'm going to sweat. <laughs> I'm definitely going to fucking sweat. See, I, I'm always fascinated because I've talked to a couple doctors and people that work in like emergency room services and a couple people in the military. And they talk about how they use virtual reality for training purposes, such as like a medical procedure, a better way to train people. Um, like giving them a simulation kind of like Star Trek where it's like a, always a different kind of simulation or a different training thing. And they can be better in a scenario where it causes something like, you know, next thing you know, you're doing like a, like open heart surgery and a certain artery clots or something or certain artery ruptures. And next thing you know, the dude's trying to fix it and he gets better and better and better at it, you know, better for on hand training, more adaptive skills. So when he goes into the actual field, you don't have to practice on a cadaver. You can practice in just virtual reality. That's awesome. But I know how I also, I agree. I absolutely agree. But people are going to take it like it, they end up playing like a, a game, like a shooter or something, you know, I, I don't know. But I mean, wouldn't VR shooters be totally cool? Like, wouldn't you love to play like everyone is in VR and you guys are all killing each other? Like, that'd be the coolest shit ever. Yeah, but then like, that's where like, it gets insane. So if you want to talk about video games leading into violence, I don't think it like where it's at now, it's doing that. But if it became so real that it's easily like, it, it would just oh you can practice you can actually like practice like using your whole body yeah, yeah i can see that well i'm like then eventually like it's going to lead into the part like how addicted are we going to get like how many times have you played a video game for so long that when you like you stop for a minute you started kind of seeing the game in real life dude when skyrim came out since you mentioned it earlier so skyrim came out on 11 11 11 that was a thursday and actually no that was a friday i believe so it came out on steam thursday night at about 11 p.m all right i had that friday off for whatever fucking reason i played skyrim in a 72 hour weekend i played it for 60 hours dude i definitely felt like i was the fucking the dude shouting people when i was in the kitchen after that absolutely for like a week straight i played fallout Four when it came out, as soon as I put it into my Xbox after waiting for the pre-order, I stayed up for three days, dude. I only Jesus. took a break for about two hours each day just to go to the gym and work out and come home. I would literally sit there with a two-liter of Mountain Dew and a big giant bag of spicy nacho Doritos back before that shit made me like incredibly ill. <laughs> back before it made you shit blood i understand my dad would just leave it on the floor like out front of my door like i would just open it up come out like a velociraptor like, ah! like fucking grab the shit and just go back into my room he's like jesus christ and um dude i'm telling you man after a while like i started thinking like looking like the bat shit would pop up into my head like where it's targeting oh, yeah. enemies and stuff and telling me like what's the percentage i can break this person's arm that started going into my everyday life so imagine virtual reality getting to a point where people become so addicted to it that oh, it yeah, that's terrifying like, they can't separate reality from simulation that's where it would cause violence but at the point that it's at now it has no evidence of supporting anything that it causes violence i do i absolutely agree i mean if if i was playing a game that you shoot in i mean you would start like in vr you would start to kind of see like your enemies like because i mean it'll even happen with me uh there's a game called hexic it's like a puzzle game sort of like bubble bobble and shit like just like one of those super simple puzzle games be like rotate blocks and when i go to bed after playing that game my like my the front my eyelids are all that game and like i can't stop i can't get out of my head so I can only imagine playing a VR 
first-person shooter against other people who are trying to kill you, and you are going to have a, an elevated heart rate. You're going to be amped, running around your room, trying to shoot people. And then when you take that headset off, you're going to go to school, and there are going to be flashes of fucking that game on your eyes. It's just like just going to happen. Well, our minds so I can pretty- see that our mind's pretty capable of being like captivated by like visual hallucinations, auditory hallucinations. So like when it, you know, a video game's completely taking it like control of that. It's You're going to start hallucinating like crazy, man. I mean, half the time I was playing Assassin's Creed, like for a month straight where I was just playing that and going to school, playing that. I mean, if it was the weekend and I just played that, I wouldn't go to bed. Next thing I know, I'm having Eagle vision when I'm walking into the mall and I see like red for the cops. I'm like, Oh, these motherfuckers, if I do something, they're going to come after me. Better hide yeah. in this haystack or hide in the water fountain. Yeah, I, that's uh, that's pretty sketch, man. That would I, be that's bad news. That's why I, I that's why one of the reasons I don't want VR to outdo controller in the hand sitting on the couch games. I mean, that's spooky. You know, if you if people like you could start programming people to be soldiers by putting them in VR games. I mean, you can just make them soldiers. I remember uh, too many times. I mean everything when it comes to this violence thing so many issues i remember how like fifth grade dude we had to make these characters um like of yourself or class and they were going to pin them up on the wall and i was like i'm into skateboarding at the time playing video games and i remember tony hawk pro skater was um, which one which one the second one Ooh, second one is good but i played four like non i I still know the cheat code to unlock everything dude i have it in my head right now the second game is so good they're making the fifth one too. It's coming out. Um, really, they're making a new one. Yeah, the, it's coming out. I think uh, at n- the beginning of next year. Oh shit! Yeah, oh, it's man. Tony Hawk Pro Skater Five. Um, but that one in American Wasteland were my favorite because like, Ooh, I, oh I, fuck, man, American Wasteland was sick. That brings back all the fucking Green Day memories too. I'll bring oh shit, man. That game was what. punk rock as fuck. Yeah, dude, I loved great, American Wasteland, dude. Hitting American Wasteland was fucking great. Did you like Thug, Tony Hawk's Underground? Oh, yeah, man. Dude, Tony Hawk's Underground 1 was fucking awesome, dude. Well, you want to talk about a game that really capture, captures like music and then video games? Guitar Hero, dude. That gave you the realistic expectation of being a rock star without actually having to do shit. Like, you yeah. just played and had fans. Like, that gave people that wanted to think about being a famous musician the opportunity to see if that's something they wanted to go with or if Absolutely. the game was just enough. You know, I mean, how many times did you get pissed off at yourself because you didn't get a perfect streak or, you know, you failed a song because you're trying to play on a harder difficulty. Right. And then just if you had the drive, you could turn that into fuck. I kind of want to actually play real guitar. And then you could like learn how to play guitar. My brother like was raised playing guitar. So when he played Guitar Hero, he's playing expert on like some of the hardest, like through the fire and flames ship. Oh, yeah. hundred percent perfect. He just puts it down and goes, this shit's too easy. I'm like, what? Like, I can't even get my fucking pinky, like, my brain to send a signal to my pinky to reach To hit that blue button. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, me neither, dude. Me neither. Freaking green, yellow, and red. That's it. That's as far as I'm going. Blue and purple, uncharted territory. Never going down there because every time I would try, like, playing medium or something, that brain would be like, nope, can't do this one. Yeah. Dude, my brain hard shuts down on fucking band games, dude. I can't do it. Like, I can kind of play DDR uh it's fucking rad but when it comes like i i'm good at action games on a controller like i will sit i can learn the controls i'm pretty fucking all right 
I'm not the best, but I'm good. But the second I picked up those Guitar Hero and Rock Band controllers, the drums, or the guitar, I would literally, my brain would just shut down. It all goes back to when you had to settle the score, you had to take it back to Modern Warfare 2, Quick Scopes, No Scopes, fucking Rust. Fuck. I, I have been challenged to many a 1v1 quick scope. <laughs> Fucking fuck that, dude. I will never. That was a time. That was absolutely a time. Somebody's like, 1v1 me, bitch. And you're just like, oh, all right, bro. Yeah, like, let's settle let's it there. Like, everybody knows that picture that played video games back in the day where it's just the front cover to rust. And it'd be like, this is where we met to solve our disputes. Dude, That's there it. was one kid in my uh, school. Who was like, I mean, his gamer tag was MLG, all that stuff. And you're like, oh, oh boy. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Oh, everybody's got the MLG. Everybody's part oh, of that. Oh, God. Yeah, dude. You're, you're super good. He graduated f- from the school three years later, gotten won a professional comp, uh, competition for video games, doing like oh, that fuck. whole league gaming shit. He actually got that. He's got his picture up on his Facebook of him winning it from like a couple Actually of years. fucking MLG. That's badass, dude. He good was that, that good. All he did was play private matches and he put on a second controller and have the person standing there on rust and he would just set them up in different positions and quick scope, no scope, just practice all fucking day long. Everybody knew that was on our little gamer tags and all our little group and clan and everything that literally we could go to him to solve any of that. Oh, well, I bet you can't take Ryan in one B one B. And then like, everyone's like, I'll take, I'll take him. I'll take him. We'll just message him. Hey man, we got someone for you for one B one B. Like he was the clutch player. That's badass, dude. Like I, That's I'm actually badass. I'm pretty naturally good at like just games in general, but I play a lot of single player. Cause I like building shit. I like, you know, Minecraft, you know, what that. are you playing right now? What, what's the game you're, you're currently hooked on? Oh dude, I don't even want to admit to this, but it's, it's so much fucking fun. What I'm doing is trying to, I've already kind of mastered Assassin's Creed, like hundred percent synchronization, every collectible, everything. I spend all the time going through each and every single one of them getting hundred percent, but I'm also doing that right now with Star Wars lego yeah so i used to play I used the to, whole collection every game every single one dude on oh for, fuck for assassin's creed i did it now i'm moving on to star wars lego and i'm like i'm like i played this as a kid so it's nostalgia for me but one of my all-time favorite games like my very first one was assassin's creed i love that history i love oblivion the elder scrolls all that but one of my all-time favorite games that people talk shit on because it's like a chi- it's supposed to look like a child's game but it's not really a child's game Viva Pinata, dude. Holy Oh, my shit. God, dude. Dropping Viva Pinata in this right now? I'm telling that you. Game's, my, uh, dude, I played that game quite I, a bit. Look I, had, <laughs> I had, look, I bought the Trouble in Paradise, the second version of the game. Yes. I bought the book before the game came out. So none of the codes in the book worked for the, the original Viva Pinata. Then the game came out, and I was like, wait a minute. This, this, it's a completely different game? Next thing I know, I have that book now. Dude, I go on that. I'm a master motherfucking gardener. I'm not talking about when you hit level 40 and they give you that title. I'm level 200. Every single variation, every master romancer breed, all that stuff. Dude, I play that to ease the time, dude. I'll be chilling in my room listening to like a podcast or something. You know, uh, just playing Viva Pinata, man. My mom will walk in. Like my, one of my brother or something will walk in and be like, what are you doing playing this game? And I'm like – you don't know how relaxing this is like you know I get to just, that is fucking beautiful that is that is absolutely fantastic you get the farm shit like that's the whole that game originally sparked my idea to make a fucking koi pond at my buddy's house and we filled it with 250 fish like we built a fucking koi pond we dug the hole we set a tarp in there we did 
everything. When we fill up this koi pond, we ended up killing the fish. <laughs> the, the first the first it was, time, it was on accident it was on accident though it was well, on the, accident the first time we filled up with hose water and then we put the art like the good bacteria in it for like the fish to survive we let it sit for a couple of days we had a, we spent like hundreds of dollars in filters pumps all this shit was it too cold they just like freeze to death no um i was like the water's not that clear so i tossed in a fucking chlorine tablet Oh my god, dude! And we threw the just f- absolutely no, no. poisoned those fish. Yeah, I just I, 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 I still think about it now. But we went. Look, the worst oh part my was god. we didn't go down the street to get the fish. We went an hour away to go get these this giant pet stores fish. We take another hour on the way back. Put the fish in the water. These giant fan goldfish, like the forty dollar ones, the giants, like size of a Powerade bottle ones. Yeah, dude. After five minutes, it started getting white spots on its fucking head, oh and it just God. sunk to the bottom. And my buddy's like, "This water's a lot clearer than we left." And I'm like, "Yeah." I threw a chlorine tablet in there. He just looks at me. He goes, "Are you a fucking idiot?" I'm like, "What?" <laughs> the water had to be clear. I didn't want it to look like shit. We built this nice ass pond. He's like. I get your train of thinking, but you understand chlorine's a chemical, right? And I was like, oh, no. Like, I was on WebMD and shit looking up what happens to my fish. What did I do to my koi fish? Like, well, they were goldfish. But then, look, we ended up having to take all the water back out. Another, like, week-long process of trying to fix the pond after I messed it up. And then we get it all set back up again. We just go right down the street. Like, we're not driving an hour. We're not doing this. And uh, we just went right down the street. I spent $25 on feeder fish and feeder fish are only like 15 to 20 cents. So we got like, I mean, at least a hundred feeder fish and these things can grow to be three feet long. If you let Damn. them, like if they have the space for it and there's nothing eating them, then we spent, I think I spent 15 bucks and he spent like $16. He got a black koi fish and I got a gold koi fish. So it was like yin and yang as close as we can get, like just not white, just a gold uh koi fish yeah these koi fish took care of these feeder fish whenever we would feed them they would let the feeder fish eat first even though there were and then eat the feeder fish no they would just they would wait till all the other fish were full and then they would start eating oh that's cute yeah and then like eventually like um we ended up fucking uh we had this one uh we used to get those black more goldfish like the giant hammerhead black ones the fat ones the little small like like the size of a golf ball their body is but their fins are really small yeah and we had a i mean we had at least over a hundred and something fish in this uh koi in this kind of koi pond but we only had like three or four kois in there the rest were all feeder fish and goldfish so my buddy goes dude i want other fish like almost something badass so i'm like all right well let's go to the pet store and we started asking around let's get a fucking shark we fucking did get a shark <laughs> not of course what you, you would, fucking did dude of course you fucking got a shark right you had the passive fish we wanted to get something that was like more like badass like that was quick and looked like a torpedo so we get these fucking freshwater fish that are like they they're basically sharks i forgot what they're called like bahia something they're like they're supposed to only grow like the length of like i don't know like like a 60 mil juice of vapor or something like not that big like fucking small like probably the size of your first finger and um we put them in there and the woman told us before we bought them that they would be perfectly fine because they're not aggressive fish just don't have too much of the same in the same tank or they can like they end up attacking each other 
like a piranha mentality or something. The next day we came in, all our goldfish, their fins were gone. The fucking sh- we only bought two of the shark things. They ate the fucking fins off the goldfish, the big like fat black ones first, the slow ones, and they were too <laughs> afraid to go near the feeder fish. Plus the feeder fish were too fast, so we tossed them suckers out. We killed those. I was like, fuck this. We felt so bad, dude. So these. Fish were in there with no fins, just laying at the bottom. They were still alive. Oh, my God, dude. We didn't know how to get them food. <laughs> oh, my God. Just listen. We didn't know how to get them food, so we're tossing in, like, apparently they can eat, like, like cornflakes and shit. So we're tossing in cornflakes for, like, fish food or whatever. They couldn't reach it, so they were going to starve to death. And you know what our kois did? They went underneath the goldfish and lifted them to the top where they could feed off the top of the water and get the food, dude. It was Jesus like Christ. the most badass thing I've ever seen. It re- literally restored my faith in like anything. What and a beautiful scene that must have been. Dude, not after a couple weeks, those goldfish grew their fins back. What? Yeah, man. They grew their it's fins It's like a miracle back. sent directly from heaven. Dude, I was like, this is like something out of a fucking like online article, like bullshit. My buddy's like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like my buddy's mom was there to witness it all. And it was all, it was all at my buddy's house. We tore up her front yard doing this shit. And um, it, dude, it was crazy. But then winter came and the water froze over. So all the feeder fish, everything died. But um, yeah. I was like, damn, well, we can just start again. You know, when winter's over, we go and crack the ice. I mean, like, it's just starting to become summer again, so it's a couple months later. Dude, our koi fish were still alive. Apparently, when water freezes and it gets too cold, koi fish will go to the bottom of the water, and they'll hibernate. What? So they don't need to eat. They don't need to do anything. They just slowly live. We ended up killing them. They're year-round fish? Yeah, dude. Isn't that nuts? That's badass. We ended up killing them later because we tried – the water was, like, brown and green because we just stopped caring for it. Frogs used it like a toxin. So we're like, okay, let's try and save these fish down there that are still alive. Apparently, they're hibernating. So we go. We clear out this whole other section, put this bacteria in this water. Then we throw the fish in there. They ended up dying. I was like, damn, we basically murdered our koi's after trying to spend an hour and a half of saving their life. But we never built a pond again. But, dude, that's something that bonded us together. But it was a crazy experience. But all that came from fucking Viva Pinata. Every time I play that game, I think of that shit. (laughs) I mean, how can you not? Jesus Christ. There's not a a game, movie, or book in the world that can do that kind of shit for you. That is true ass life experience that you just earned. That's what I try and care of these fish. That's why I try and tell people, I'm like, video games, like, as much as people want to shit on them, I'll shit on them too. But like, the fact is, they're definitely beneficial to growth, dude. Like, my little cousin plays Minecraft, and now he's like, you know, like a like a couple of years later, I call him little cousin, like he's still five years old, but like, um, he's like. 11 years old 12 years old now dude he's doing shit that i've never seen like building shit doing like computer software programming shit and yeah stuff already i'm Absolutely. like where did all this come from and he's like remember when i first played minecraft with you i was like no fucking way yeah i mean i i think well the thing is is like it's been proven uh video games like like shooters will increase your cognitive ability like your um the ability to locate things in your real world like to pinpoint your accuracy like you actually get physically and mentally better at seeing things so i mean i can definitely imagine that him playing this fucking game like probably rewired his brain and like he wanted to build computer systems i can absolutely fucking see that what's one thing 
any game that you could pick that you could see would be a major benefit to a kid playing it at a young age and then maybe turning it into a career? Because, like, now video games are a career. Shit. Like, video games, like, doing that, they're going to add video games into the Olympics. Fuck. Well, I mean, uh, more people watched the League of Legends uh, final tournament than the Super Bowl last year, so – that's uh, video sad, games are definitely on the rise. It was so, I, mean, well, I mean, that means that like we're living in the future, right? Like video games are becoming more popular than people on people's sports. But what's one game? I feel like my buddy is a major car fanatic. Like he owns four cars and only drives one. It doesn't make plays any- Forza. It plays Forza. Exactly. Yeah. Motorsport three. He's like, I'm buying it for you. I'm like, I don't need you to buy it for me. He's like, I already pre-ordered it for both of us, dude. He goes, it's yours. Whatever. Call it a Christmas gift. I'm like, we're in fucking January. Like, <laughs> it's like, dude, there's literally 12 months until Christmas happens. <laughs> but uh. like, I'm telling you, man, it's, like Fuck, i don't know that's like a really complicated fucking question like they really help out with like inner passions They're like a lot of i know so many people that like started playing music like they never had the courage to get on stage or actually try and play an instrument but they until they sang band. on rock band dude i'm telling you man that's what brought together like my family's all into music i will just i'll pl- i played a little bit but i was like this isn't for me i want to go a different route so like because i was always into watching comedy specials and you know conversations and documentaries and stuff and watching true crime shit and they're all like watching music documentaries watching concert performances and always going to concerts always playing music all the time 24 7 i'm like i want to play video games or go so to is the- that how you got into podcasting well actually i got into podcasting i've said it a couple of times but a buddy called me out of high school talking about um uh depression and stuff like a couple of years after and i've i've been going to the gym every day for seven years like i haven't Fuck missed yeah, man. i haven't Holy missed shit. a day so like when i tell you i'm only available after 6 p.m usually because the time i go to the gyms from 3 p.m to 6 p.m but i've been changing it up depending like i always go around the clock every you know but um not to go down that long rabbit hole and stuff but like that I never knew what my outlet was going to be. My parents are into broadcasting. So I guess I'm randomly, I was listening to so many podcasts at the gym. I was like, might as well pick up podcasting. And after talking to a buddy of mine who was going to kill himself that night, um, I realized we're going through the same shit depression. And this is a great way to just a, a sense of therapy in a way. It's why I'm pro people starting their podcasts. Absolutely. man. that's fucking great. I mean, I only got into podcasting cause I wanted to, give my opinion you know but the fact that you got into it being like you know what we can connect people we can we can really share what we think and and create something like that the amazing thing about podcasting like how many times did you think it was gonna be like oh that's just an idea then you started doing it and you realize like now you have listeners and stuff now you have feel like you have like kind of I guess a duty to do like a job a little bit, but it's more of a fun job. Like the ones we always wanted as kids, like this, this world we're living in. Like I talk shit on how we're so addicted to technology and how poisoning it is to things. But like, it is fascinating in the way it helps us connect. Like me and you would have never met without technology. We would never be able to do this podcast without technology where I love that. But like when it comes to our phones being in our face 24 seven, it gets a little bit ridiculous, but I mean, it's, it's good because now you have a voice and I like you have a way of distributing like what you want to, you know, to others to listen to, whether you're just having fun. Like I know so many people that do video game podcasts, whether it's a group of friends playing a game or reviewing a game or something. At first it was an idea, but like once you start noticing how comfortable and how stressful life is, you don't ever want to go out and do anything anymore. You just want to come home and just relax. You want to get and watch Netflix or you want to play a game or something. Then you create a podcast to do that with your friends. Then eventually like it becomes a duty. Like you guys have an audience that you have to like 
give content to. So then you guys have to get together even after a long day to do this episode. Then once you guys get together, it's the funnest thing in the world. Like it's totally helping out like in a form of therapy where people can just have conversations like me, you know, with you, like getting to know interesting people and just being able to talk without any like the, of these default answers we always give to the public because nobody really gives a shit what anybody wants. You know, I completely fucking agree. I think it, I think that the, the fact that people can turn something that they fucking love, like they love video games. They love talking to people on a podcast. The fact that someone can turn that into a career nowadays, we're living in a time where you can play games professionally and make more money than your parents did doing it. I mean, that's fucking crazy. So I think it's gorgeous that people can do this kind of thing now. And I mean, one of the reasons I got into this is sort of like, fuck, it'd be really cool to just be able to do this, to be able to play games, which I enjoy doing, and then talk about games, which I do every day anyway. Might as well just record it. I mean, it's something that I already do and I already enjoy doing. Why not do it and have people listen and have people enjoy it? And and brighten people's day and have them engage with you. I mean, I don't, I, my, my podcasts don't get very many views. I'm not on the proper podcast sites. I mean, I'm, I'm just still on YouTube, excuse me. But I mean, when I got a, I got a comment one time, I mean, a few times I've gotten comments and being able to engage with people in that way, like random people like me and you, like you said, like just strangers who have thoughts, being able to engage with them. It's a, it's a, great thing and i think that technology is bringing us together like is it sort of distancing us in terms of like you're at the dinner table and you're on your phone and you're away from your family who's right in front of you that does bother me but like if i'm sitting in my room i'm gonna be on my fucking phone dude i'm gonna be talking to my friends or i'm gonna be talking to you i'm gonna be talking to random fucking people on the internet calling them assholes and having a good time talking about dumb stuff you know I mean, one of uh, my buddies, he owns the Sith Talkers podcast. He does his podcast literally about Star Wars. Like, I he heard something in my podcast and was like, dude, I started incorporating that in my everyday life. And I just talked about, like, taking the time, like, where we have this false connectivity and we have this false kind of appreciation for social media when it comes to people actually caring about you like you'll put up a facebook post complaining about your day but that's not real connectivity it does relieve stress to do that but like next thing you know if it doesn't get three likes if it doesn't get four likes if it, it makes you angry it yeah it gets you upset when it feels like yeah. you know you post something it gets 10 likes and the next week you post something that's complaining about something else about in your life and it only gets one like you feel like nobody cares about you anymore and you get really depressed but that same conversation was a hundred percent more effective when you were talking to a loved one or a family member at the dinner table. I mean, how many times do people just get on their phone, eat, don't really associate with each other anymore and go upstairs. So he started incorporating every Sunday. He sits down and plays like board games with his family, all from just hearing me say that in a podcast. And I'm like, it's, it's about like finding the time to, you know, the family that is there. It's fun to play games. I do it myself, you know, but at the same time, it's also like you need to step back because we are being a little bit too connected and desensitized from other people. But like the factor is all this types of communication, everything, like all my knowledge has came from podcasting, the way I talk now, the conversations I've had with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, 
all around the globe, whether it's UK, Australia, Jamaica, wherever you want to name it. All, the only person I haven't hit is Beijing yet. I need to get there for sure. Fucking find whatever Michael. Find Paul somebody. Is. Somebody doing something in Beijing. I have a, apparently a big audience in Estonia. So something I said out there is affecting a lot of people. Hopefully it's go. good and I didn't just start a cult somewhere. But I'm, <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you didn't start a cult? Like, Oh, jeez. Be careful, man. They might start worshiping out of the blank as some sort of god. That no, wouldn't be good news, man. Anything, they need to be like Adam West and build a giant statue of Diggum from Honey Smacks. Perfect. Yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want, people. Obey the you want some weird. You want some weird fucking statue in your honor? That's Dude, what you I'm an, I became an ordained minister under the United Church of Bacon. Literally, I went to my courthouse and got it approved and licensed. It took me an hour and took Hell me yes. $45 of my time. Only because of podcasting, I we were doing. I used to do another one where we focused on specific topics, and I did a whole thing on like different parody religions. And they had the United Church of Bacon. Once you start doing research, you start doing all this stuff for your podcast. However, you want to monetize it. However, you, you wanted to fit your audience. If you're doing true crime, aiming for the true crime audience. Whether you're doing Star Wars, aiming for the Star Wars audience, Star Trek, whatever. You have an ability and a a drive in you and if you actually pursue it you can make it grow man and that's all you're doing it doesn't matter about your like i hate how spotify and youtube tell me my listeners it's not that i you know i i, I like knowing that there's someone out there listening but it it doesn't matter because the feedback the conversations i've had with these people it's it, it's what i keep doing it for like i love hearing everybody's experience on it i love seeing it i love people talking about it wanting to be back on i love that stuff but you know i'm glad that people can realize that everybody is interesting. It doesn't matter your job position. It doesn't matter whatever. You just take that time to have a conversation and find that shit out. Right. I mean, every person is unique. So it's important. I mean, uh, my, I, I joke with my boss. I mean, I'm a white guy. He's a black guy. And we kind of give each other a hard time, you know, and he's always giving me a hard time for being like a, a white dude. And I'm always giving him a hard time for being a black dude. And, and I'm like, dude, I'm learning shit from you. You know, it's like a joke, but it's like, I'm learning, you know, you got to be friends with everybody, you know, learn from people, grow with people, you know, engage with someone. So, because they have a unique life that is different from yours. Absolutely. I mean, when you see people driving next to you on the freeway, they're going off and they're going to their home and they're living an entirely unique life that's different from yours. And they probably have an insight on something that you might be going through, like depression or something. Like I bet you someone is depressed within 15 feet of you if you're in public. And if you engage with that person in, in a way that is, I don't know, you know, comfortable, you could learn about that person and maybe gain insight for yourself. Well, you have to always keep in mind that like it's never – when you engage a conversation, it should never be – argumentative debatative a bunch of people do that and they kind of thrive off that i just stay as open-minded as possible i mean it's it's not about changing your opinion not about changing your perspective there are no arguments you choose to turn them into arguments when you sit there and try and shove your opinion down someone's throat just agree to disagree say all right all right i get what you're saying i'm coming from your perspective but i'm also trying to bring in my perspective too through psychology classes that I took, like I learned that environmental influences, everyone is shaped differently. We all have our own walks of life, man. And like 
we all have something out there that we're passionate about. We just got to take the drive to pursue it, man. And I really appreciate you even taking the time to do the podcast, man. Cause like I tell people, you didn't have to accept the invite. You didn't have to, you know, you could have been like, now nah, I'm good, man, or whatever, but you took the time to, you took the time to engage. You know what I mean? It doesn't take much, just an hour or so of your time. <laughs> it, took a, it took a while for us to lock down a time to record, but yeah, fuck yeah. But like I'm saying though, like afterwards you feel like you're kind of charged up. Like I feel great right now. Like I could go fucking run a mile. I'm not going to, but I could <laughs> just saying. I certainly couldn't run a mile, but you know what? I'm feeling pretty energized. <laughs> you definitely load up a couple matches of Call of Duty, man, for sure. Oh shit! The dog just walked in. What's up, pup? Need to go outside? What you got in a minute? Well, hey, man, I want to give you here a minute at the end to be able to promote your content because I want people to find your podcast, man, because I think what you're doing is awesome. Hey, well, I appreciate that. So right now, uh, you can find the Level Die podcast on YouTube only. Uh, I got to start putting it on Spotify and iTunes. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. It's been a hectic few months in Castle Die. So he'll get there when he gets there, damn it. That's right. So uh, you can find me on YouTube, Level Die Podcast. I talk about games, movies, TV, anime. I might do fucking, I might start talking about books soon. I don't know. I just do whatever the fuck I want. I have conversation. It's, it's more about just what I feel. I'm not trying to sway anyone's opinion or make them think anything. I'm just excited. So I talk about things that I enjoy. Um, and he gives his know. perspective. Yeah, you know, just give my thing about it. I mean, I just I just beat a game that's going to be my next podcast episode, like last night, and you know, it's not really like a well known game, so I'm ready to talk about it and have somebody hopefully play it because I think it's a fucking good time, and well, hopefully it continues. You know, uh, dude, I'm telling you, man, if you just keep on doing it, it'll keep going as long as you want it to, man. You're the only that's one right. hour to stop it. Well, that is right. So is the level die podcast, is that like the circle of life? Like we're just leveling up and then dying or is it another way you got that title? Uh, level die is actually a, uh, it's a specific thing in a specific game. When I first actually originally created my podcast um, like a few months ago, well, I had the idea for the podcast like a year and a half ago, but I didn't get around to recording the first episode until like last year, um, I called it the Backlog Podcast. And when I originally thought the idea up, there was no podcast called that. So I was like, cool, I'm into it. So if you listen to my first episode on YouTube, Final Fantasy X, you will hear me call it Welcome to the Backlog Podcast. Uh, but I found out after I recorded that episode, like, and I was like, I was like, let me just do one more check and see if the Backlog Podcast exists. Because that's a pretty good name. It fucking, it exists. <laughs> I was like, well, I can't really call it the Backlog Podcast, can I? Because I'll just be stealing some dude's name. And then I came up with a bunch of different names over the course of like two months. And then finally settled on Level Die. And nobody has it yet. And uh, it's stuck. I really like it. But it's, it's a specific thing from a specific game. Mm, I'm going to have to find out what... what See, what, you got to find it. So that's the fun, right? Is, uh, Where does he keep... Had it? Where does he keep those logs? It keeps them in the back. That's right. I mean, I have a friend who's played the game that it's from, and he thought that my name came from a different game. So that means that it's a secret. 
I'm hoping somebody can comment and say, oh, I know exactly what game this is. It comes from Pokemon because every time they evolve, you never get that Pokemon back, so they always just die. They level and they die. So you get Mudkip going into, like, Marsh Stop, but then you don't ever get Mudkip back, so technically Mudkip's dead. Brutal. That's absolutely fucking brutal. We all evolve into different things, man. Well, thanks so much, Nick Gross, for being on the podcast, man. It was awesome talking to you, and stay tuned for another episode of Out of the Blank.